Welcome to the EDU Podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. All right, welcome to the first Puerto Rican edition of the EDU Podcast. <laughs> We're here with Danny Diamond is in the house. He flew all the way down. Wait, is it Donnie or Danny? Um, either one. Call either me Double D. Double, Call me double Diamond. D. Double D. I like Diamond in a rough. Whatever <laughs> works for you. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Rob Grimm, co-founder RGG EDU. Hello, everyone. And for the first time joining us on a podcast, Sin Van Trong. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sin is the business development magician at RGG EDU. That's great. He he's also answers emails before you even send it to him. I don't know how he does it that quick. He's so he magical. Asked, yeah. yeah. It's, it's magical. It's he even magical. has a magic wand. It's cool. So we're down in Puerto Rico. We organized this event and invited a lot of influencers down here. A lot of friends, a lot of people we work with. And uh, here we are. We're in this 50-person compound in Isabella, stuffed in a little bungalow doing a podcast with some of our favorite people. This is rad. Right. Yeah, and a thousand cows. And a thousand cows. We haven't cows. seen them yet, but we've yeah, heard about Yeah, I'm waiting for them. these cows. I know. I Bring think them they, on. They're going to come when we serve them lunch. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feed a thousand cows? I don't know. A thousand bananas. <laughs> Duh. They don't eat bananas. You don't know that. You've I know cows don't eat bananas. It's like sweaty chickens. Yeah. Dude, uh, sweaty chickens love bananas. <laughs> <laughs> sweaty chickens love cow eating But bananas. they eat frozen bananas. That's the weird thing that you wouldn't think of. That's well, they're sweaty. They need something to cool them down. So it's like a popsicle. It's just a you yeah. know, frozen banana. It's like it's like you were reading my mind. I am. So Danny, let's get in. Let's get. It's been a, what a year and a half since we launched our our tutorial with yeah, you. Yeah, pretty much. How has how has it been since since then? Since the launch, what's um, changed? Since then, I've sold all my gear and I only get in front of the camera now. <laughs> sold. I, oh, yeah. I've what, been, what kind? I've been thinking what, of on uh, what channels? Cinemax, late night, <laughs> late night with Danny Diamond. <laughs> late night with Danny Diamond. I like that one. So it's yeah. it's been about a year and a half since we launched the tutorial. Danny's just completely, I would say, blown up. Uh, he was already blown up. He definitely had a huge following, and a lot of people were taking a look at his work. But I, I don't. I think that the uh, the tutorial it's been great. I mean, for us, we absolutely, yeah. Uh, it really, um, I think I gain more than everyone else yeah. just because learning, um, it, the only way to master a skill is by teaching, yeah. you know, and Rob, you yourself know how that works. I love teaching. Uh, like people, fun. if you give a workshop, people are asking you questions, you're being challenged. You got to come up with answers. You got to figure things out. So. Yeah, well, it makes you, it makes you think about what is just almost second nature to you and then articulate it because Absolutely. when you, when you become familiar with your process and, and it's just something you do, you almost stop thinking about the steps that you're taking. No, you took the words right out of my mouth. Because like the other day I was retouching and I, I realized that I was like sleeping and retouching. I'm like, how am I doing that? <laughs> I'm like, and then I, I, look at, I look at the results. I'm like, oh, these are pretty good. And I wasn't even thinking when I was retouching. Look how Just, productive you are. You're sleeping oh and yeah. retouching. That's amazing. That's a two for one. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> so let, let's get into more of how you're working on a day-to-day -day basis with social media a lot's changed with facebook um since we launched right um, yeah. we're still trying to figure it out we have a ton of questions that you know for us it's frustrating with facebook as an advertiser but as someone who's not an advertiser that 
had such an organic following. Like, where are you at right now with Facebook? What, how do you feel about well, it? Well, I'm, I'm super sad about Facebook. I spent, I think it was four years building up my following on my page. I think I have about 70,000 or so uh, followers there. And, um, and no one sees it. My organic reach in a popular post will only be 25, 30,000. You know, before we get into where, where Facebook is right now, let's talk about how you develop that audience. Like, what, what was it like when you were putting out your images initially and building a Facebook audience? How did, how did you go about doing that? And what did Facebook look at that time? What did social media look like at that time? Well, Facebook was where it was at. And I remember um, right when I was getting into photography, I think it was seven, eight years ago, that was when Facebook pages were introduced. So I was like, oh, cool, let me make myself a page and post my work there. And I believe that people who jumped in right away at the beginning, um, they had a much easier time building up right. an audience because not every other person was a photographer with a Facebook page. You so know? you were right at the very beginning. It was right at the beginning. I wasn't great at all, but I did have a Facebook page. I was more about marketing than I was about photography. So everything I did revolved around what are people going to want to see on Facebook? What are they going to want to share? What are they going to want to discuss? And that influenced what I was posting. So it was part of your thought process. When exactly. you were When you were taking images, editing images, exactly. you, you had the end game of how it's going to look and be perceived on Facebook. Exactly. Online. Exactly. The truth is that, and I've said this before in my tutorial, but people made me the photographer I am. It wasn't myself. What I would do is I would post on social media, look at the comments, see what people were saying, um, whether it was uh, they liked the blurred out background, they liked the complementing colors or the lighting. And I'd be like, huh, if that's what they like, I'm gonna do more of that. Right. And so that's how I built my signature look based on what I found Gotta popular. give the people what they need. And well, want, well, and that's, that's such an amazing thought for me. Um, I, that's just fascinating to me that really you were influenced to find your style. Um, oh, yeah. and, getting, and getting instant feedback versus having to put it together a portfolio, go out and show it to art directors, and you know that, that kind of feedback takes years. Oh, You're yeah. instantly getting feedback, and it's helping shape you and make you better from your audience. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, uh, I want to thank people. <laughs> well, <laughs> good. That's, that's a good uh, perspective. I, I want to back up. You mentioned now, and I want to clarify. If you post something now, you said only twenty five or 30,000 people see something? On my Facebook page, which is why I that's gave up on that's it. That's insane. Really yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's still insane. That's good. What, you oh, think that's, that's good? You, oh, come on. You, I, I worked you're, so you're, hard to get those 75,000 followers, and Facebook is like, hey, I'm only going to show it for 5,000 people. You could you could show it to more people if you pay us. And I'm like, are you kidding? You wait, should. wait. So it's, is it 5,000? Like, well, how many people it, see it now on your organic a popular, the My most popular post will have 30,000. That's, that's really that's good. Pretty but good. Normally, and you're not paying normally, for it? Right, I'm not paying for it. That's, that's pretty but good. You're still winning, bud. You're still winning. Yeah, how, well, <laughs> how often does one of those popular posts say when you're saying I don't post there anymore at all. I'm uh, talking like six months ago, a year ago. Now I, I just took crickets. my following to my personal Facebook page and um, I maxed out with my friend request. Uh, right. I have 5,000 friends, but then they turn into followers. So I have another 32,000 followers. Um, and oh, shit. everyone sees your posts on your personal page. It's a matter of time before Facebook um, catches on because you're not supposed to be doing that. Well, a lot but of people are doing that um, and it allows you to follow that person, which, right. which kind of sucks. And it's like forcing people to kind of scam the system. Right. So it, it is clearly exposing a flaw in the is, system. Is they're that, clearly is that aware of it. Is that a reaction to Twitter or is that just a Facebook thing? Because they're, they're trying to, to compete with Twitter and, and 
multiple ways, and that's one of the ways that I think Twitter's yeah. dying. Twitter's well, I mean, who uses Twitter? Yeah, I don't. Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Fucking Trump. Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> he just want to campaign on it. I mean, I guess for us, for our industry, it's visual, so it's hard to. Yeah. It, it's, Twitter isn't a platform to post photos. Exactly. What, you know, uh, it's yeah. it's how clever you can be in 140 characters. Well, uh, the hardest thing about social media is building up that initial following. Like, right. Well, Tell us about that challenge, because that, that's for a lot of people. They get really discouraged. Starting from zero is is yeah. a, a hard number to oh start. Yeah, it's it's definitely not easy. So, uh, the social media has to be your baby. You have to live it. You have to wake up thinking about it, go to sleep thinking about it. it has to be. You have to be all for it. It can't be the kind of thing where like, hey, you know what? Uh, today I'm in the mood of doing social media. Let me post 10 times. And then you forget about it for five days. And then you come back to it, post another five images. Four of them are your dinner plate, you know? It doesn't work like that. You have to um, post content that people are going to enjoy. People are going to like it. Um, if only you find it interesting, only five people out there find it interesting, like your mom, your wife, and your sister, then that's not going to help you build a following. You need people to come to your page and be like, hey, I love it all this guy's work you know what bam follow that's what you want to get people hooked on so uh, you always have to have amazing stuff in your uh, in your feed but what's more important is the times that you're posting and um, making sure to use the right tags not overusing hashtags not saying hey if you follow me I'll follow you back you know it doesn't work like that Um, it takes a lot of time you're not gonna you're not just gonna build up you have a to curate, overnight. which is exactly. a word we use all the time. Curating exactly. the content is really important. So you're not just putting out a message. You're putting out a very directed message. So, so exactly. content, consistency, frequency. Exactly. That's perfect. How do you know the best time to post? Um, With a, You probably have a worldwide audience. So what's the Right. So I find the best time to post. I'm in uh, New York City. The best time for me to post is at 10 p.m. Um, really? You're, you're getting the wow. yeah. That's, that's I'll, I'll totally ex- not what I'll ex- exactly. I would think. Exactly why it works. I'll explain right now how it works. During the day, people are posting tons. You post in an hour from now, someone checking Instagram or Facebook, uh, they're not going to see your post, okay? Right. Because there's just way too many people posting in the middle of the day. Ten o'clock works because that's when people on the East Coast are starting to go to bed. Not too many people are posting. Everyone scrolls through their uh, um, news feeds while they're going to sleep. People in Europe, Asia, Australia, Africa, that's when they're waking up, okay? Especially because no one's posting after you. So the first thing they see in their feed when they wake up at 7, 8 a.m. is going to be your stuff. And then people in L.A. are just finishing dinner. So you have the entire night to also build up for all the people that wake up in the middle of the night checking their social media. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed a lot of weird things about posting later at night and waking up to crazy engagement yeah it's it's really bizarre and and, and a because lot of it is because you know you're one of the few people that are actually posting at exactly that time, so no one's posting that. the entire the entire yeah. night so you have 10 hours before news feeds get flooded again in the morning and that's and, and people are always checking between 10 p.m and 8 a.m right everyone's yeah. checking their feeds. i do i i noticed that i've just kind of had a life change when i can't sleep at night or i wake up in the middle of the night i'll wind up just jumping on exactly. texting texting i'm texting y'all yeah. rob's always <laughs> texting no, i'm not texting people in the middle of the night come on you're thinking about it though <laughs> you're well, that's why i'm doing social media you're drafting them so you I'm, can t- send I'm them dying out. to text somebody yeah. so yeah. i gotta do something you you're Struggling not to reach into your pocket right now to pull out your phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is in my pocket. 
So, Dane, I think you just screwed yourself. Now everyone's going to be posting at 10 p.m. That was my plan. I'm going to start posting at 10 a.m. <laughs> in a month right. from now. <laughs> you're shifting the whole playing field so that you oh, can yeah. Yeah, do something different and smart. <laughs> so, so let's talk about how you're currently getting work. Where is your work coming from? How, how are people finding out about you, and how is that translating into money? I have a very specific market that I'm uh, catering to right now, and it's the Jewish uh, fashion community, mainly in New York City and L.A. Um, they, there's a lot of Jewish clothing designers that do women's clothing, like dresses, um, very modestly dressed clothing, and um, children's clothing. And the second you get your name into that field, the truth is, five years ago when I was starting, no one was doing it. Jewish people were not doing photo shoots for their clothing lines. So when I first introduced it, it was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, you know what? I want a photo shoot. And what would happen is they're all competitors with each other. So the second I was able to shoot for one, all the competitors saw it. And all the new clothing lines are like, that were opening up already knew of me because that's how they... That's how they got involved in the fashion world, by seeing pictures of other clothing lines on social media. Like, hey, you know what? I want to make a clothing line. And I have, I think, uh, 22 clients now. And I'm not really looking for new clients. I'm just trying to make sure my current clients are happy so they mm -hmm. come back every season. Um, so social media was a key factor in that. And uh, one of my selling points to my clients is I have a following, and they're going to see the clothing. They're going to see the pictures. And um, that's gonna, and those, those followers are gonna translate into customers who are gonna be buying your clothing. Have you had to change your style of retouching at all to, to handle the clothing? Because clothing is something kind of interesting to photograph because texture is so important, colors exactly. are, so, are so important. Exactly. And norm, you know, um, I, I know that a lot of photographers who work in the fashion industry, they will light separately for the face versus the clothing because they want to get the textures to really pop out. Yeah. How does, how does your retouching style work with the clothing that you're working? So I have to make sure that things are uh, super natural. Yeah. I, when I do my toning, I do it to the overall image, and then I'll um, mask out the clothing just to keep the proper colors, right. the accurate colors on the clothing. Um, but... Again, I try keeping it as natural as possible just so it could speak to as many people as possible out there. If a client uh, specifically is shooting a winter line and they want that cold look and we're shooting middle of the summer in New York City, I'll add like that blue or right. uh, magenta tint to the image to give it a winter feel. Um, otherwise, I, I keep it super simple. The stuff that you see on my social media is very different than what I'm giving my clients. Um, mainly because when um, I'm shooting the stuff on my social media, it's stuff that I... I personally uh want to shoot want to shoot exactly but it's also like what i what i imagine i could go out walk around the block for an hour just concentrating on one image when it comes to my client work it's what they want the locations they want the mood that they want so it's very important to keep your client work and then your uh, personal work separate and are, are you still able to underexpose um, and kind of do your normal process and still get the, the tones and the color out of the out of the fabrics yeah. Oh, yeah. And does I that mean, does that freak out your clients at all if they're if they're looking at at underexposed images? <laughs> like how do you how do you work with your clients well, to my, get them on board? Most of my clients are also following my work, so they and know. I I'm always posting how my images look before and after I edit them. So my clients, when they see me shoot, they're like, "Oh, this is amazing!" But I know it's going to be even more amazing once you finish editing. Right. And that's a comment I get from every client, every makeup artist that I work. I work with they see the images and like oh yeah we already know why you underexpose it just because my method is um so popular that even my clients know what i plan to do with the cool. images how are you uh 
are you still being approached on a regular basis from models and do you do model shoots and charge them or how does that work uh, so I, I a lot of people do reach out through me it's all through Instagram usually because Facebook is just not people are not on Facebook anymore models are not on Facebook everyone's on Instagram so I, I have tons of uh, Instagram requests from girls who want to do modeling or who already do and um, whenever I have chance I do test shoots I don't charge anything um, it's just something I really enjoy doing. It's some, it's how I create content for my social media. So yeah, I definitely shoot models as, as frequent as I can with all the free time I have. So let's talk a little bit about the shift to Instagram because we're talking social media here and you kind of kind of gave up on Facebook uh, in favor of abandoned Instagram. The, yeah, the but they're, they're one and the same company, right? Oh so yeah. What, we're what, what were the kind of points of departure for moving from Facebook to Instagram? And what do you see coming down the road with Instagram? Um, so, like you said, Instagram is owned by Facebook. It's a matter of time before they stop showing your stuff in the feed unless you pay them. Right. And, you know, well, they, they have they, already. They have the already do that. Like, yeah. There's no way to really know when someone posted something and how you're viewing it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's really bizarre. Really? Well, I didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, well, it went from, you could always see, like, all right, this was posted one day ago, or I think it even was on, like, hours, right? You yeah. could even. Yeah, well, like, Instagram has really, really good analytics, too. Do you check those out? Yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah I always check the insights just to see um, how many people it reached, how many people clicked on the post and engaged with it. Um, that's super important to know what time of the day also to post and what makes a post popular. So back to your question, Rob, um, I switched over from Facebook to Instagram the second I saw that I'm only speaking to photographers on Facebook mm -hmm. and only photographers are messaging me. Um, I need clients, you know, as much as I love hanging and talking to photographers, doing workshops, clients and shooting fashion is my bread and butter. So that's when I got pressured into switching over to Instagram. It was, I think, five years ago, four years ago. And... Um, Instagram is is where it's at for client work. No one's going to contact you on Facebook anymore. Instagram is where they're looking for photographers with high followers, high okay. engagement, and um, they messaged me straight on Instagram through the direct messages. Did, did your fan base on Facebook immediately transfer to Instagram, or did you have to cultivate new people? Well, I what I would do, I, I had to bring people over from Facebook but once I built up a following on Instagram by itself, it'll go up a few hundred followers a day. But the way I did it at first was I would, I would give people a reason to go to my Instagram. I wouldn't just say, hey, follow me on Instagram. You know, right. five people are going to listen to you that, and right. go search for you. What I would do is I would post the image and be, and be like, we, um, if you want to see the behind the scenes for this image and exactly how I took it, hit me up on Instagram. Like that, people are like, oh, let me see how he took that shot. Mm -hmm. So they jump over into Instagram to check it out. And um, I did the that. people what they want. Exactly. Baiting them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you have to you have to play the social media game. It's not, uh, people are not just going to come searching for you. So, you so what's your backup when Instagram goes to shit and you got to pay for uh, everything? That already happened. <laughs> I mean, it didn't. Are you snapping? Everyone's going to Snapchat. No, um, I use Insta Instagram stories just because it's one platform. Danny, we got we to gotta get uh, you on Snapchat. I know. We just started snapping ourselves. I'm gonna have to it's check just, it out. It's another thing you got to do. It's it's kind of a wreck. Social media comes. Yeah, it, you know the platforms, uh, the popularity changes. Yeah, it's, they it's, come it's, and go. Yeah, it's, it come and go. It's like a fad. So, it's. 
But I feel like people could discover you a lot quicker on Instagram than Snapchat. Is that true? It, it's harder to discover people because there's not like a feed or there's not like a, a bunch of suggested people to follow yet on Snapchat. Right. Like there is on Instagram. Like there's that whole tab of like explore and find new people. And that's usually pretty good. Um, it, it, it's it's harder. You definitely have to put more effort into finding someone to follow on Snapchat. Right. So that's that's why I feel like Instagram for now is a better option. But there's uh, but the yeah. face swap, man. That's, that's oh, where yeah. it's at. The face swapping. <laughs> oh, that, it doesn't, yeah, that doesn't help your images, though. You could definitely start growing your, your other platforms as well. And right. Just let people know that you're also on Snapchat. I'll have to definitely check it out. You'd have to come up with a separate theme. on. What could your theme be on Snapchat, like where you only do weird things? Like it's just Danny's lunches on Snapchat. The oh, potato chips. Yeah, exactly. You can have your potato, potato chip here. Got to see which potato chips with which sandwich I'm having. Yeah, today. absolutely. What, what is your... What's your favorite combination? Has it changed since no, the tutorial? No, I've been having the same thing for 15 years, and my wife doesn't even allow it in the house anymore. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's um, uh, peanut butter jelly on whole wheat bread, um, the super soft whole wheat bread, you okay. know? Not that rye bread stuff. That stuff will kill you. Um, <laughs> it's so dry, you'll die. That and peanut butter, you'll choke yourself. Um, it's that whole wheat, the really soft stuff. Peanut butter jelly, peanut butter's got to have some crunch in it. Not too crunchy. Um, and then you have the kettle cooked. Crunch. Exactly, not the super chunk. I think it's chunky. Super chunk. Yeah. Oh, are you a jiffy guy? What kind of peanut? Let's get into the peanut butter. Um, whatever's closest. Whatever. Okay. So any peanut butter. Any peanut butter works. I can I can actually picture you in Whole Foods like grinding, like kind of dancing, grinding your own peanut butter, like in that <laughs> in that aisle where you can grind your own peanut butter. I I have a very visual image of you right now doing that. <laughs> I kind of want to see that. Yeah. In fact, I want to film that. We should Snapchat that. Absolutely, it'll be Danny's first Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. So I have it with. Um, Kettle cooked chips only, either barbecue or mesquite, and a uh, cup of orange juice. That's what you it's at. You are very specific. Oh, yeah. Come on, Rob. You don't have I that one thing that you <laughs> could eat every day and never get sick of? I certainly have coffee. Oh, uh, not that coffee. It's thing. something else. Food. It's t- Everyone I, I, likes you know texting. There are a Rob. couple things. That's Spinach and artichokes. I can eat either one. All day, every day. Okay. Those two things. Do Sometimes I come in his office and he's just got a bag of spinach. He's just eating. Or a can of artichokes. Leaf, I'm just eating. Leaf by leaf. He's <laughs> a savage. He's a savage. I'm a turtle. <laughs> so, Danny, let's get into uh, lighting. When are you When are you going to the dark side? When are you going to use off-camera lighting? I already have, Gary. Oh, I don't wanna, let's talk about it. I don't want to. Get it out here. I don't want to make it public. Otherwise, um. Why I'm going to lose my followers. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people They're going to be like, hey, we follow you for natural light. We could go to other people for strobes. You think? Oh, no, no, no. you got to give them your twist on it, yeah, your well, spin on it, your so understanding. Walk of us it. through your setup. Give us, give us a little rundown. Um, so I use pretty much a fail-proof setup. It's a 53-inch uh, Ellen Chrome Octa with an Einstein, which I really should upgrade to something else with high-speed sync. But... That works for me for now. And um, that's pretty much like shooting in front of a window. You know, it's hard to get a bad shot with that kind of setup, no matter where you are. Well, you can do high-speed sync with that. You just got to get the, the, what's the triggers? Actually, you know, it's weird. Uh, The the commander actually doesn't do high-speed sync. But, I mean, there's a ways, there's ways around it, Rob. You know, you could, you could still get the high-speed sync look without needing a, trigger that does high speed sync 
So. Do you think you need high speed sync? I mean, your stuff isn't so action based, unless uh, maybe well, with not just maybe the with the with the wardrobe, of the clothing. You well, it's not it's that. not the action. I, if I want to shoot wide, Shut, yeah, right, and I want to yeah. be able to shoot at shallow depth of field, exactly. Yeah. yeah, then I need high speed sync for that. Right, because yeah. I want to shoot at you know really high shutter speeds to right. be able to keep my aperture and ISO low. Yeah. That makes sense. I think, That's and a, my mind went there. I think a lot of people do. They think of high speed sync and action. Um, right. But it, but obviously there's a lot more reason to con to have control with high speed sync than just action. Right. Yeah, because my my work is all about blurring out those backgrounds. Boca. So you got Bocalicious. So right Boca. now you're Boca. you're like preparing your magnum. You gotta you gotta tame the beast before you let it out of its cage. Oh yeah. <laughs> so are you are you posting any of this work anywhere? Uh yeah. Does uh, it look completely different? Or you just like sneaking it in there? Not. I don't people? I don't do it because I enjoy it. I only pull out my flashes when. Um, the fashion shoot requires it like I'm, I'm shooting the entire day the sun isn't cooperating or I'm shooting indoors and uh, there's enough light I'll pull out the strobe so if you look at my um, fashion work my client stuff I'd say about 25% is strobe yeah so on those shoots do you have assistants messing with all the lights or are you doing it um, I have an assistant that does every single thing except take a picture. She <laughs> does the casting calls. She's the location scout. She does hair and makeup, and um, she helps me out with the lighting or reflector. So, every so she's shoot. indispensable. Uh, every single fashion shoot, nice. she comes along, yeah. That's cool. Awesome. So what's next with Danny Diamond? What's next? What's so next? I was concentrating on a lot of uh, children's portraits this summer. Ooh, I noticed that. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. I was trying to see if it's uh, popular on social media and people are going to want to see that. And? Um, they enjoy it. Yeah. They like it. So I think um, I've been getting a lot of requests on how do I deal with kids? How do I get them to cooperate? So and how do you deal with kids considering you're going to Just punch them right dad. in the throat. <laughs> 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 and then they know who's in you charge. You're about to be a dad. <laughs> and then you know who's in charge. Yeah. Well, I didn't, not, you don't punch infants, Rob. No, I'm not a <laughs> savage. Good. I hope not. It's like you, four to like ten. Oh, are punchable that's in the, the throat. That's the age range. I yep. think Gary is just, uh, I mean, Rob is taking uh, punch a baby in the face a little too. I'm no, listen, serious. I'm all about kids. I love kids. I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't punch a baby or a kid. I don't know. I think you <laughs> would. This is not my plan. I think you would. No. I think you're lying, Rob. No. I'm calling you out. You look like a baby puncher. <laughs> that's the most ridiculous thing anyone has ever said to me. <laughs> baby puncher. <laughs> well, you know, we're in Puerto Rico. Strange things happen down here. That's for sure. Yeah, they're, they're punching babies all over the place. Here. So you're, <laughs> so you're moving into into photographing kids a lot more. Is that something you're really going to grow as part of your business? Um, well, a lot. I, like I said, I've been getting a lot of requests on how I do it. So uh, I, until now, I've never done a workshop uh, on how to shoot children, but I think that's uh, coming up sometime soon, and maybe even a tutorial. What what mm. is what's the key? What's what's your trick for wrangling uh, kids? Come he, to my workshop. He to can't find tell you. He like, wants to do a tutorial on a workshop. He can't he can't let the cat out of the bag right now. He's uh, got to build the mystery. You gotta Gary. come with board games, frisbees, play uh, cops and robbers, freeze tag. And I would love freeze to see tag you running around. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see you running around with like dishing out PB and J's to everyone. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the truth is, the best part of shooting kids is. You could sleep 12 hours straight after you're finished. <laughs> that yeah. statement is hilarious. The best part of shooting kids is you, you can sleep is you'll 12 never hours. sleep better than that. <laughs> they, all, they exhaust you. Uh, oh, yeah. That's a good quote. We need to write that down, Sam. We need to post that in something. Danny Diamond said, let's write the time. Get, he was come looking on, for him. I was, just half, I was just half kidding. He's at, Sin's over there actually like getting his 
He's trying to write this down. Trying to write this down. We haven't read on tape. Yeah, we haven't recorded. We don't have to write it down. We have it on tape. So today we're going to the beach. Look at us. Are we going to go snorkeling? You guys are going. I'll watch you. I can't stand the sun. I'm going to come with an umbrella like a old grandma. A parasol? You're going to have a parasol? Turns into a raisin in the sun. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you can get much darker than me, though, so I definitely don't need a tan. Yeah, I mean, I'm the pasty white one. I'm going to come back looking like a lobster. Probably. You've got the olive complexion. So no snorkeling today. No snorkeling, I will definitely do. Okay, we're going snorkeling. I got to tell you guys a story about snorkeling. All right, let's do it. Uh, (laughs) Two years ago, I went with my wife to uh, Miami, and we drove through all the Keys to Key West. And um, we got a boat ride out about 45 minutes to go check out Coral Reef and snorkel. And um, we're snorkeling. Place is gorgeous. All kinds of tropical colors and stuff. And uh, suddenly, my wife just freaks out. And she freezes. And I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? She's like, I think I just saw a shark. And she, like, freezes. And she just starts, she starts going down in the water. And she had, like, no control. And we're both lifeguards, <laughs> by the way. I was like, come on. I, like, grabbed her. And, like, I swam. Oh, my God. That was a scary thing. She, she, she just got scared to death. Basically. Yeah, she got scared to death. And she had a panic attack. And I, did she really see a shark? Or was it, like, I, a I didn't see it. Uh, but I do believe her. I wow. believe it was there. Because if I would have seen it, I probably wouldn't be going today with you guys. But... Um, I, I just grabbed her, swam back, and you're like, wow, scary. You're, you're in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing around you. Right. There's nothing to grab onto, nothing to hold onto. We just had a life vest, but like when you're in the water out and it's like miles deep, you are scared. Yeah. You know, I just grabbed her, I swam back to the boat, and uh, I pulled her onto the boat. And after 10 minutes, she calms down. She's like, all right, let's go back out. I'm like, hell no, we're not going back out. I'm staying right on the boat and so are you, so are you you know? Wait, so <laughs> let's back up. You're also a lifeguard on top of being a barber? And um, a peanut butter and jelly and aficionado. Yeah. How'd you? What? I'm also a lumberjack. No you are not that. a lumberjack. Ah, come on, Rob. What do you, you know mean that? you are a lumberjack? I split firewood the whole summer. Yeah, yeah. but with, with an axe or with a mechanical thing that doesn't Ah, come on. Or did you yeah. karate no, chop it with yeah. your hand uh, like a yeah. real man? You're doing it the lazy way. Do you really think I could swing your axe? <laughs> I would like to <laughs> no. see it. I'll take my foot right off. <laughs> <laughs> he knows his limitations. It, you're also like a botanist growing, growing shit out back, right? Oh, yeah. I have uh, uh, my hydroponics. hydroponics. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to give you guys chronic. my address. You're all going to come backyard to see if I'm growing weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to come over for fresh fresh uh, cilantro and some guacamole. Oh, yeah. Guacamole. I, don't, I'm, I don't have avocado, but yeah. No, you oh, can't. We can import those. I know a guy that can get avocados. We'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, so when are you inviting us over for all this guacamole we're talking about? Next summer, you guys are invited. Right now, hydroponics is away for the winter, but um, May, April, come around. I'll make you guys a fresh salad. It's official. It is official. And we'll get to meet your new kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Having twins. Oh, my God. Have you started buying the crib yet? Um, My wife has an entire list of things that we're putting a deposit on when I get back home. Nice. Very build, build, so building the rooms out? Do you have? Um, my wife is not letting me build anything. She's, she's like, <laughs> she knows you'll cut your foot off. Like, no, she's not worried about me. She's like, oh, our kids are probably gonna like fall through the floor. And like, <laughs> smart, smart lady, smart. Yeah. Well, I think it's time to get to the beach. All right, let's Danny, get out of here. Thanks for taking the time to talk my with pleasure. us. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having media. me here. Yeah, love yeah. it. Good so to see you again, Danny. Oh, yeah. if, if listeners are not following you, where can we find your work online? Um, I depends. Well, what's your Instagram? Plug your platforms. Where would you like people to find you? 
What do you mean depends? What, what do you got going on? What he's is getting, he not He's covered? sneaky, man. Yeah. He's, this, I got, something he's like, sneaky I got shit hidden everywhere. I'm going to tell you guys a secret. My name is not Danny Diamond. What is it? I'm kidding. It is. But every, <laughs> every, uh, everyone asks me, um, is Danny Diamond really your name or is that just like your, uh, your, stage your name. company name, stage <laughs> name or something? I'm like, yeah, my parents did an awesome job naming me. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. That, they got a lot of credit they, for that. You know, it, it, the name, it, there's, there's a whole science between like the success of, of who you are and your name. Really? So, uh, yeah. Man, so maybe, maybe they set you up for, for uh, a good future by naming you a, a badass stage name. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you guys can find me, Danny Diamond, on um, every platform except... Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> have, you, have, you at least, have you at least gotten that real estate? Claimed uh, it? No, I tried right away. Somebody I guess else, uh, some yeah, some there's actually asshole. a porn star named Danny Diamond. I bet you guys are gonna go and Google he's that. Snap- oh, and yeah. he's snapping like porn shit. That's uh, awesome. It's actually a girl. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Um, but even on um, Instagram, I wasn't able to get just Danny Diamond. It had to be Danny Diamond Photography. I did message Danny Diamond. She said and? she will sell. She will sell. What's the yeah, cost? but how much? A kidney. kidney. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, Yours or somebody else's? Uh, it'll cost Just kidney. any kidney. It'll cost. The same guy that gets me avocados can get you that a kidney. kidney. Yeah. That's the two In things In the same shipment? Gets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll pack them. Yeah, he'll pack them together. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you listening, you can follow us at rggedu and rggedu.com. Let's, let's get... Let's get to sunscreen now. Let's get to the beach. Sounds perfect. Let's head right. it up. Well, thank you, Danny, for flying down here. That's, that's amazing. Thanks, Danny. My Thanks. pleasure. Well, that's all she wrote for this one. Thanks for listening. I get out of here and start shooting. This podcast is officially over. Over and out. Catch you next time, dude. R-G-G-E-D-U, because my dad said I could. I'm the scat man. I'm the scat man. Skibbity-dibbity, yo-da-dub-dub. 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 Skibbity-dibbity, yo-da-dub-dub. Skibbity-dibbity-dib, yo-da-dub-dub. 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 Skibbity-dibbity-dib, yo-da-dub-dub. Yo-da-dub-dub. I'm the scat man. I'm the scat man. I'm the scat man. I'm the scat man. Skib a dibbity dib yo da dub dub. Yo da dub dub. Skib a dibbity dib yo da dub dub. Yo da dub dub.